How's it going, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of your favorite Orange County Soccer Club podcast, the Orange and Black Soccer Cast. We got a lot of great stuff to talk about this episode, and we've brought some guests to help us out tonight. Oh, and Dylan, I have one question for you before we get started. Uh, what side do you have on the Chicken Sandwich Wars of 2019? Am I supposed to answer right now? Yeah, answer. I, no, I you have no idea. To, you have no idea. <laughs> That's what we're talking going. about, but I haven't. <laughs> I haven't been a part of that. Well, we'll we'll figure out what everyone's uh, choice is or what side they're on on this episode. This is the Orange and Black Soccer Cast. We are underway in the postseason, the first playoff game ever played in Orange County. It's a one-two, Godoy. He's found a great ball in, and bolts it plenty of time. He smashes it home and doubles the visitors' lead. Thomas and Bolson. Now Segbris sprinting forward on the counterattack. A little handsy there, crosses it. Pineda. The extra pass. Seaton finishes. It rolls down to his left and burying aside. Well taken care of by the Orange County keeper. We'll leave it for Aiden Quinn. He'll strike towards goal. And it's gone in. An equalizer and a winner in second half stoppage time for Orange County. Off the left boot of Aiden Quinn. This is the Orange and Black Soccer Cast. The only podcast dedicated to Orange County Soccer Club, its fans, and supporters. Follow us on Twitter at OCSC underscore SoccerCast. And on Facebook at Orange and Black SoccerCast. How's it going, Orange County? Welcome to another episode of the Orange and Black Soccer Cast presented by Roughneck Scarves. We are the first and only podcast dedicated to Orange County Soccer Club, its fans and supporters. I am your host, Ray Samora, and I am with you each and every episode as we discuss all things Orange County Soccer Club. Joining me as he has every single week since day one, we've got Dylan from County Line Coalition. Dylan, how are things going for you? Uh, they're going. It's only Tuesday, and I already want the week to be over. So, should, glad I'm should here because I, I can tell I some of those weeks where this is going to be the best part. Should I tell our listeners about your exciting first day of the new school, or do we want to save that for later? No, you can, and then I'll add. <laughs> I'll add to it because there was more. So, for those of you who don't know, Dylan made his trek up out out of Orange County for higher education up in Northridge. And apparently on his first day of classes, he went to the wrong class uh, for one of his classes and was really scared he was going to get dropped from the class he was supposed to be at. I think, though, in the end, it was a, a happy story, right, Dylan? Yeah, and then I actually had another class get moved to later on yesterday evening, which I did not know about, did not go to. So 0 for 2 on the first day. Um, and, and now three for five. So baby Surprise steps you. and maybe I'll actually show up to all my classes. Surprised you haven't been booted out of, uh, out of school already, but we'll talk more about it as we go through. I'm sure uh, we got to introduce some guests here before we get into all the action. My first guest I want to uh, welcome on. He is uh, the founder and president of ETR Army, which is the supporter group down at UC Irvine. They support soccer there on campus. This is Daniel Asensio. Daniel, welcome to the Orange and Black Soccer Cast. Hey, thanks for having me. 
Uh, and, you know, we're excited to hear things. I know we primarily focus on professional soccer in Irvine, Orange County Soccer Club, but there's there's always been this relationship between Orange County Soccer Club, UC Irvine. There's always some players from UC Irvine out there, and, and I'm really hopeful that there could be even more of a, a relationship between uh, the college and the pro team, and, and that's one of the reasons we wanted to bring you on. Oh, and by the way, UCI uh, men's soccer entering the NCAA season ranked number 25, which is pretty awesome. Yep. Yep. <laughs> uh, before we talk about UCI, though, I want to also welcome our other guests. We brought in two guests that cover New Mexico United, who Orange County will be f- facing this weekend out there in the land of enchantment, I think is what it's called, or is it enrichment? One of the two. Enchantment. Yeah. Enchantment. I, I, I was right the first time. I should have just gone with what I, <laughs> what I was thinking. Uh, first, let's go, you know, because I think your voice I heard first, we're going to bring, and, and this is funny because we were talking about it we were talking about it i gotta get this name right seth Bidoff. he is a yes. writer for seek and strike collective and he's also co-host of we are seek and strike podcast um seth welcome to the orange and black soccer cast ray thanks for having us man super excited you know we're looking forward to the match this weekend perfect and we also got to introduce your co-host uh or your partner i, I don't know who's in charge or who's not i would assume it's this guy because he is the owner and writer for seek and strike collective also co-host of we are seek and strike podcast oh and by the way if you follow him on twitter he wears a really awesome la clippers hat that's chris walker chris welcome to the orange and black soccer cast hey what's going on ray thank you so much for having us no it's thank you guys so much for taking your time to come join us on our podcast uh anyone that listens to our show knows we love to have guests on we love to bring people on from other podcasts that cover other teams uh because that's what this is all about this is all about just growing everyone's love for soccer here in the good old us of a and you know being that you guys are a rather new team new podcast new everything right it's awesome just to be able to find some some hardcore supporters that just really love soccer and new mexico united uh to come join us and again extra points for chris for liking the clippers apparently are you a clipper fan chris i I guess i should ask that before i even say that yeah yeah no i totally am all about that lob city Awesome, man. I've been a Clipper fan since the 80s. I don't know when you joined, but this we're, we're going to get along just fine. Chris. We're gonna no one's listening right. anymore, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. So let's do this. Uh, we are going to talk to uh, Chris and Seth in detail about the upcoming match between Orange County Soccer Club, New Mexico United out there in Albuquerque at Isotopes Park. Uh, is it still Isotopes Park or Field? Isotopes Field Park. One of the Isotopes two. Park. There okay. we go. I got to go with my first instinct each time, but let's uh, go back to Daniel here. Cause I want to find out what's going on with UC Irvine, their soccer program and the supporters group uh, out there. Let me get to the initial question for you, Daniel is how did ETR army start? Uh, what's, you know, when, how give us the details of just the origins of the UCAI soccer supporters group. Sure. Um, so uh, I came into college uh you know loving soccer and i've always just grown around that culture of being really supportive of other teams and so i decided you know what like my freshman year i'll go ahead and just start a group we have an amazing uh soccer program for both men and women and we didn't really have a supporters group going on so uh i decided to start one so in 2016 I signed the papers, go ahead and started a, an official club. And then little by little, we've grown each year um, to the point where last year when we made the NCAA tournament, um, we had a lot of fans with a lot of flags. 
um, drums and we had GCU come through with their supporters as well. And it was, it's grown to be a great uh, culture to where people are starting to look at soccer at UCI as something to go to and go support the team versus, you know, just any other sport. And so you, you mentioned you started as a freshman. Are you now out of UCI, but you're still sort of taking on this leadership role of ETR Army? And is, do you see that a lot of that with uh, students after they graduate still coming back to campus to support the team? So uh, I'm currently a fourth year in college, and I'm actually going to be uh, completing five years. So I'll actually be here for next season as well. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of times where we have uh, alumni from who graduate from UCI at the soccer program. They come back to um, at, at least you know go support the, the teams as well, and they go watch the matches. Um, so yeah, so we have a lot of alumni that come back, and uh, we're hoping to see uh, you know eventually we want to go to Orange County games as well to go see you know Danny and the other uh, UCI alumni. Perfect. And I don't want to hog all the questions. So I don't know, Dylan, or even <laughs> our, our other uh, friends, Seth and Chris, if you guys have any questions uh, for Daniel, feel free to jump in. That I think that would be none of us having a question. <laughs> <laughs> you let that silence go on for a really long time. But, yeah. Um, yeah, it's one of those things I learned as a, <laughs> when I used to train employees at Verizon Wireless is you ask a question, and you just stay silent until someone feels like it's too silent. They have to jump in and, and answer the question. <laughs> um, well, let me let me then go back to you, Daniel, uh, with this question is uh, uh, UCI, UCI men's soccer is entering the season ranked 25th in the preseason mm -hmm. polls. Uh, is that sort of uh, something you guys were expecting heading into the season that you would be ranked based on what you knew from last year going into the season with the recruiting class? Or is that something a little bit more of a surprise and that you're excited about? Yeah, I think maybe it's a little bit of both. I mean, uh, coming from last year, uh, we made a great run. Um, they had a fantastic season. We clinched first place in the regular season very early on. Um, and then in the playoffs, unfortunately, we were knocked out in the semifinals. But in the NCAA, we won the first round um, and made it to go play against Stanford. So, I mean, we had a great season. And when you include that we have the number one recruiting uh, freshman class in the nation, you know, that adds a little bit of uh, a little bit more expectation to at least be somewhere higher in the polls. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, it's great. It's exciting um, to see that we're ranked 25th and I think it's going to add a lot of buzz to this season. The, the incoming freshman, you mentioned the, the number one freshman class uh, in the nation. Is that something where we're going to see a lot of those freshmen playing important roles uh, in this team this season, or is there still enough depth depth not depth, depth from the previous season where uh, unless a, one of those freshmen really shows that they deserve to be out in the pitch uh, getting big minutes, it's going to be hard for them. Yeah, um, I think we'll be, uh, we should be expecting to see uh, some of the freshmen get a chance to play in some big time games. Um, I know that last year we had Michael, uh, who was one of our outside backs. He did a fantastic job of just jumping right in as a freshman and just um, contributing to the team. Um, I know that as well. Two years ago, um, our freshmen as well were, you know, Yossi had no problem of, of putting them in the games in big time games and um, letting them grow as freshmen. And uh, hopefully they, you know, as the years goes on, that experience helps them grow. So, yeah, I mean, I think we'll be we should be expecting to see them. And then I don't see why not if they're the number one in the nation. <laughs> you know, we should be exciting to see some of them play. Uh, have you got a chance to see, I, I know there's been a couple preseason matches. Have you got a chance to see any of the incoming freshmen? Is there any uh, name that 
you're really excited about heading into the season out of the freshman? Uh, I personally have not, unfortunately. Uh, I haven't been able to make out okay. to the game yet, but um, I know that we have some exciting players coming in. <laughs> and then return the, the returning squad, who are the like one or two players from the returning squad that you're looking to have a, a, a big season, potentially be uh, nominees for Big West player of, this, you know, player of the year or player of the season or you know, first, all, all Big West team or whatnot? Right. Um, so for the men's, we have uh, two players, two returners, um, Alvaro Quesada. He made the Big West preseason team, as well as uh, Jose Ortiz. Both are attacking uh, attacking players. And uh, Alvaro's fantastic on the ball. I love watching him play. I He's actually a high school friend of mine, so it's actually really fun to... Uh, I played high school ball with him, and then seeing him on the UCI team is really fun to see. And then um, Jose Ortiz, he's great with set pieces. And then uh, for the women's, uh, we have Jessica, Maddie, News, uh, Maddie Newsom, and Aaliyah Kelly. And they've all made the Big West preseason team as well. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, that basically means that they're projected to, to contribute to a lot to their teams this season. Um, so, I, I don't know, those, those six or those five, uh, Alvaro, Jose, and then Jessica, Maddie, and Aaliyah, like, they're all expected to, you know, be fantastic players this season i think those are the ones to watch for sure perfect uh, and uh let me ask you this uh, one last question and then we can get to a little bit of information on where people can find out more uh information about both the etr army and uci soccer and athletics in general uh what is the match this season when you look at the schedule for uc irvine uh, for the men's uh, and then if you also have a choice for the women's go for it uh what's like the mm -hmm. big match the the must go see match if if someone's going to go to just one match this season for each of those teams where should which one should they go to and uh yeah go with um so i'm gonna say for the men's, uh, for sure, at Cal Poly, October 26, 7 p.m. at Irvine Stadium. Um, we play against Cal Poly. That's, uh, I believe, our second to last game of the season. And usually that's the game where you either want to clinch the title or you want to, um, that's where you try to make that push to get into the top. So I would say, uh, yeah, that game against Cal Poly, usually whenever we play them, it's, it's pretty uh, entertaining. And then... Uh, for the women's, we play against Long Beach on October 27th at 6 p.m. in Irvine as well. And that's the, the black and blue rivalry. And uh, it's always a fantastic game to watch them. Uh, last year, uh, our women's fell short, um, but it's, it's an entertaining game nonetheless. And it's always fun whenever we play them. Perfect. Yeah. And I'm, I'm hoping to set up something this season where we can get some of the Orange County fans, maybe do like an Orange County soccer club fan meetup at a UC Irvine home game. So we could be there uh, cheering the team on. Uh, with ETR Army and, and and making it even more of an exciting atmosphere there at the stadium. So hopefully I can get that all set up. And then vice versa, cool. hopefully we can get some of you guys out to Orange County Soccer Club, maybe get a nice group of you guys out there to to be noisy and, and cheer the professional team on because, you know, we always see, you know, one or two, at least over the last couple of a few seasons, uh, a couple of UCI players are on the Orange County roster this year. Of course, we got Gio Godoy, uh, Giovanni Godoy, and um, – Daniel Chris Ostomo. So uh, before I let you go, Daniel, uh, is there anything else you want to share with our listeners about ETR Army or about UC Irvine soccer or just UC Irvine in general? Um, yeah, I would just say, uh, like you've been saying, support local soccer. I mean, if you can make it out to a game, I mean, both teams, both our men and women's are very uh, exciting to watch. So, I mean, if you are in the area and you want to go watch some soccer, go ahead and support the teams. Um, 
And if you want to go ahead and join us and make some noise, make some ruckus, you can uh, join us as well in the section. <laughs> Perfect. Let our listeners know where they can like follow you on social media or if they want to get in touch with the ETR Army about potentially sitting with you guys in the stands. Sure. Uh, our Instagram is ETR and then Army, all one word, and same as our Twitter. And then our uh, Facebook page is ETR space and then Army. And that's pretty much our handles for all those three. Perfect. Daniel, thank you so much for taking some time to come join us, preview a little bit on the UCI uh, soccer program. And again, fans, if you get a chance, head on out there to UC Irvine to watch potentially some future Orange County Soccer Club players in action. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, we'll, we'll for sure make an effort to, to go out there. Perfect. Once again, thank you very much, uh, Daniel, for joining us. It was awesome to hear about all that information. Um, so there we go. Uh, I, I know I'm going to talk really quick with. Uh, Seth and Chris, because I, I know in Albuquerque, you guys got some college soccer there that you guys, I think, support or cover. Uh, do you guys make it out to uh, many games out there for, is it uh, New Mexico State that's there in Albuquerque, right? No, it's uh, University okay. of New Mexico. New Mexico State is in Los Cruces. Los Cruces. Okay. There we go. Yeah, All right. right. Yeah. I knew it was one or the other. <laughs> do you guys make it out to, to any of the matches? Yeah, yeah. The uh, the women just started up, actually, and uh, I made it out to the two exhibitions. We actually have another rider that we just brought on. Her name is Adriana Cortina, and so she is also uh, she's also riding on the Lobo women soccer team as well, and she also helps us translate the post to Spanish. Perfect. And what about yeah. you, Seth? Do you make it out to any of those games, or do you like let Chris handle it all? Uh, I haven't. I'd like to uh, just, you know, being a father of three and you know, work and then like a second job and then all that kind of, it, it makes it hard to get out to everything that I want to go see. But, you know, we're, we're super excited for the, for the women's soccer club this year. They just came off a win uh, over a ranked opponent. They beat Texas tech uh, first time since I think it was 2010 that they beat a ranked opponent. Uh, so yeah, it, things are looking good. You know, it's disappointing that we don't have a men's club, uh, this year, but you know, there, there's always hope that it'll come back uh, in the future at some point. Perfect. And, and let me let me say this because as we're we're talking, I'm looking at the YouTube uh, chat going on. Uh, the people that are watching us, the few people that are watching us, and, and I do see uh, one of the people that listens to us almost every episode. That's Harry out there in San Antonio. He does say what's up Man. to all of us, Dylan, Chris, Seth. Yeah, he listens to a bunch of soccer podcasts. Uh, so I wanted to acknowledge. He said what's up. And then our good friend on the podcast, Cameron, uh, hashtag dad life, but with a Y. So, yeah, um, let's do this. Let's talk a little bit about the last match for Orange County. And gentlemen, jump in, Chris and, and Seth, jump in if you have anything to say about it. Uh, Orange County hasn't lived up to, I think, the expectations coming into this season. Uh, at least what the fans were hoping for. And I think also what the club was hoping for, but maybe they've turned things around. They're now on a two match winning streak. Uh, they handily beat real monarchs this past weekend. And so now they're heading out to Albuquerque, uh, riding a little bit of momentum. Some of the players that maybe got off to slow starts, they're starting to maybe find their way out there. Uh, I'm going to go to Dylan really quick. So you can just sort of share your brief thoughts on that uh, real monarchs match, what you saw out there, what you liked, what you didn't like Dylan. Oh man. Um, what I liked was another three points and another three goal performance. I think that's kind of how 
we are going to win matches is just scoring three goals. Um, obviously, you have to score more than your opponent every week, but it seems like we do a good job defensively of not panicking once we've got a two-goal cushion and we can really sustain um, or withstand um, some really intense pressing uh, once we've had once we have a two goal advantage. Um, I didn't think they played particularly well for spells of it. And I thought there were some errors, um, especially at the beginning of the game, but they worked that out pretty early on um, and then got it going and, and really turned it on the second half. And I had the joy of getting to be back in the county line coalition for the second half. And it was a very fun time. Um, I can imagine it helps when there's beers that are half off and everything, but it was just good to see that the team really play as a team again and then um, pick up six points on the bounce after after losing to Tacoma. I mean, that's what they needed to do, and they, they've turned it around, and they haven't been lucky wins. They've just outplayed their opponents. No, definitely. And while you're talking, Dylan, we do have the highlights going courtesy of USL Championship Productions on the live stream for those of you that are watching. I know it's a little choppy out there uh, on those highlights. I apologize for that, but um, at least you could see a little bit about what was going on. Michael Orozco scoring a goal off corner kick. Pretty amazing out there. Uh, and also uh, Aaron Cervantes, our young goalkeeper out there uh, with a nominee for save of the week in the match. So that's another plus sign out there. Um I mean, like you said, Dylan, maybe not the perfect game, but they did what they had to do to get a pretty comfortable victory against a team. I know we talked about it a lot. Me, you and Alan talked about it last week about maybe Real Monarchs. They started off pretty strong, maybe not as strong at this point of the season, but it's still uh, anytime you could beat a team that's higher on the table, uh, especially heading down the stretch when you're trying to fight for a chance to get into the playoffs, uh, you got to take it and you got to take advantage of it. And that's exactly what Orange County did in this match. Um, oh, and I got to, you know, while we're just talking right now, I got to call out the Aiden Quinn, um, nice uh, free kick for a goal. So that was also pretty awesome. I, I love Aiden Quinn's <laughs> left foot. I, I mean, does, does he ever use anything just, but the left foot? I've seen him use his right foot a few times, including on a shot. <laughs> but yeah, um, his left foot is something else. Honestly, <laughs> I still don't understand how he's playing in Orange County. That I I will agree with you. It's I mean, we are lucky to have don't him. Steal on him, him, but also definitely <laughs> steal him. Um, let me talk to uh, you, Chris and Seth, really quick. Did either of you get to ch uh, a chance to catch even the highlights of this match? And if you did, uh, what were your thoughts on what you saw? Yeah, I caught the uh, highlights when I was driving back uh, to Harry's house the other night. I was in San Antonio on Saturday. Um, so uh, we, we kind of watched a little bit, actually, of the match. And uh, it, was, it was pretty impressive, man. I mean, 3-1 and just the way those goals went in. I mean, it definitely uh, it, 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 it definitely was different than when New Mexico played Orange County the first time, if you remember just – you know, how that, that flow went with Orange County being kind of on a deficit each time. So definitely different. I mean, they definitely are in good form. So that's, you know, it was it was a good match to watch the highlights on. Hopefully uh, the form that they're on is a little bit scary for you guys out there uh, that are going to be at the match. Um, <laughs> let's uh, let me ask Dylan really quick, your man of the match for this victory. Aiden Quinn. Um, 
as as per usual, it's it's basically always Aiden Quinn, but uh, you know the club was right to give it to him. He played really really well, um, and then notched that goal, which that always helps as well. But um, just another complete performance in which he absolutely dominated the run of play for the team. Perfect. And, and I, I want to give a shout out to Aaron Cervantes on this match. I know he did give up a goal late in the match, but I, I think he was critical on a couple early saves in the match that had he not been able to stop the ball from going to net, it could have been a totally different story. Uh, so, I mean, you got to think of his early play in this match as sort of the boost to, to get Orange County, uh, give them a chance to win this match. Because um, we've seen it quite a bit this year where they give up a, a ridiculous early goal or something like that, and then it's just it's it's bad for the rest of the match or something like that, or they can't fight their way back. So uh, props to Aaron Cervantes. Uh, I agree with you too, Dylan, with uh, Aiden Quinn um, being pretty much the main man out there for Orange County. And I will give credit where credit's due because I am getting a load <laughs> of feces from everyone every week now. Um, Harry Forrest, well, that's only two weeks. Who are we kidding? Harry Forrest had a really good game. Um, He's turning it around. He's turning it around, yeah, and it's it's coming at the right time. Um, he and Aiden looked like they had a bit of a spat during the that first little shaky section um, where Aiden was yelling at him something. I think it was about moving the ball a little bit faster, um, and he did that. And his his passing was was great. Um, pass success rate was was great. It's one of the best of the season. And then you know he created a chance and notched an assist as well. So one of the better performances we've seen from him. And if it's you know, if we have to deal with two months of or two, three, four months of him not really doing anything, but he turns it on in August, September, October, then so be it. I'll, I'll I will take that. And, <laughs> and if he keeps putting in these performances, I will continue eating my words. You may have to, and and hopefully it's it it's even more scary now for the New Mexico fans knowing that Harry Forster is uh, starting to get things going Doing here late in the season. Uh, so let's do this, then let's let's get into because I know. Our friends from New Mexico and those that are watching and listening to us uh, that are maybe watching because we've got these guys here from New Mexico joining us, although one of them is hanging out in Riverside here in SoCal. So we might have to he's he's closer to OC. So maybe he, he needs to change that jersey to an OC jersey for for this episode. Oh, oh don't worry. Chris is a bandwagon fan, so he just might. <laughs> so let's get into this for the match. Oh, don't start. <laughs> but here, here's well. He is. He, uh, we were talking before the episode. You weren't here, Dylan, because you always arrive late. He's originally from <laughs> the Atlanta area, so obviously he's going to support his original home team as well. Um, but Just let's let's let's, <laughs> let's do this though before we get into the match. Because I and I'm I'm mad because I forgot to ask Daniel this question. I asked Dylan. He didn't really have an answer. Uh, let me go to Chris first. Do you have a have you picked a side on the uh, chicken sandwich wars of 2019 yet? Dude, it's all about that Popeye's chicken sandwich. <laughs> uh, and Dude, then, you can't be more wrong. You can't be. It's Chick-fil-A all the way. <laughs> no one went with Wendy's, huh? Chick-fil-A. What? Chick-fil-A. You might as well go to Raging Cane's at this point if you're going to do that. Ooh. Never heard of it. I'm from Georgia. It's Chick-fil-A. I guess that makes sense. Being from Georgia is, you know, Chick-fil-A. <laughs> you're probably Coke over Pepsi, right? Absolutely. <laughs> um, perfect. Ooh, and guess what? Just in time, we have another person joining us. It's Alan. Oh, shoot. Sure. <laughs> we got to ask Alan the question. Alan, 
hey, welcome back to the Orange Black Soccer Cast. Uh, and Alan, we were just now getting answers from everyone. What side everyone has taken for the Chicken Sandwich Wars of 2019? Uh, who are you uh, supporting in this battle, Alan? Popeyes, man. Gotta be Popeyes. Hell yeah, that's two. <laughs> oh, he's driving. You can tell he's in the car. Wait, Ray, what is your what is your preference here? You know, honestly, I haven't tried the Popeyes one yet, so I can't really say anything on that. Um, oh, man, it's it's tough. I might have to go with the, the McChicken from McDonald's or something until I can try that Popeyes. This is why we put s'mora in the s'mora out in the chat like fifty times a week. But <laughs> I say the most ridiculous things that, that yeah. By the way, I, 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 I you classify the McChicken as a chicken sandwich. I don't think it's real chicken. It, it has chicken <laughs> in the title. Is any of that real food? Come on, guys. I second that one. <laughs> Fried chicken is not food. You know, if I really have to pick, I I, I can't. I, I mean, I've only really had Chick-fil-A's chicken sandwich. Um, I've never even tried Raising Cane's chicken strips in a sandwich. Uh, I think, uh, I mean, honestly, I think I like Arby's, or not Arby's, uh, Wendy's chicken sandwich, their spicy chicken sandwich, better than any of them. Don't you remember that chicken sandwich KFC had where it was like two chickens and then like chicken buns? Yeah, <laughs> the double down. It was called the double Alan, down, and yeah. it was delicious. That was Alan's favorite sandwich. It, <laughs> it was, was so good. Experience. Basically, a heart attack in a in a sandwich form. Uh, <laughs> I feel so lost. I don't. I don't know what's happening. See the chicken sandwich wars are even entering the orange and black soccer cast this week. Uh, so that's awesome. Uh, let's get into this soccer match that we want to talk about, which is the New Mexico United hosting Orange County Soccer Club this Sunday. It is a holiday weekend, so I don't know if any of the Orange County fans are going to be able to make it their way out to Albuquerque. For those of you that are making your way out there, awesome. You know, Be loud, be proud for Orange, the Orange and Black and uh, sing loud for Orange County out there. For those of you that can't make it, we have decided to throw another or host another fan viewing party this time we're going to do it uh more in the north orange county area we're doing it at out of the park pizza in anaheim so for those of you that can make it uh, we will get things started around 2 30 uh, kickoff is at three local time and then we'll be there until the end we're going to get some sound we're going to make sure we have a speaker with some sound out there this time i know the last one we did you couldn't hear anything on there i don't know though i, I i'll ask uh chris and seth is the uh, broadcast team there in new mexico worth listening to Oh yeah, the guys are awesome. Can't uh, can't argue with having them, especially the guys on the radio call. But the ones that are like going to be on the ESPN stream—that's really what what it is, because that's what we're going to be listening to. Are they like super Homer um, broadcasters, or do they call it as it, you know they see it? No, they're pretty straight up. You know, they'll, they'll call it like they see it. Uh, I think every broadcast team has got their own biases to to an extent, but the guys on the call are really good about uh, keeping it fair. Perfect. And, and I, I think I saw in the chat there really quick, Chris dropped a, a secret message there for these of you watching the live feed, buying a beer for any OC fan out there that makes it. Is that right, Chris? I got that, man. I'll buy some beers. So there you go. I'm, actually, I'm getting He's back. He's not even going to be there until like halfway through the game. So. <laughs> yeah, but check it out, though. I actually get off the plane at halftime, so I'll just be rolling in and buying beers and going to the press box. I gave Seth my seat. There you go. There you go, Orange County fans. So, uh, if anyone wants to take up Chris on that offer, look for him on <laughs> on the social medias, Twitter. We'll, he'll give you his Twitter handle at the end of the episode. So, if you want to know how to 
hold them to that offer, you'll you'll be able to do that then. Uh, I know there are a few folks that have posted over on the New Mexico United subreddit that have said that they're coming out uh, from Orange County. So if you're on Reddit, you know, go post up over there and we'll give you some food suggestions, places you guys can uh, hang out. Perfect. Uh, I'm, I'm as real as a Atlanta United winning the uh, Open Cup tonight. <laughs> MLS Cup, Campeones Cup, Open Cup. Thank you. I think LA Galaxy win the right? USL Cup. That's the only one that matters. <laughs> there you go. There you go, Dylan. Um, let's 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 head into this. What, um, how's New Mexico doing heading into this match? Are they? Uh, I know they were really hot early on in the season. I, they cooled off a little bit there midway through the season. How are they doing at this point? Uh, What's their form like? Chris, you want to start off on that one or you want me to take it? Start off on it. I'll show you. I mean, yeah. Honestly, like ever since the, the Open Cup run this year, uh, our form has really suffered. Uh, we kind of looked at things a few weeks ago after we had some back-to-back wins against uh, El Paso and Sacramento, thinking that possibly we'd turn it back around and get back into the form that we had early on the season. And I mean, even in the, the match against Austin Bold following that, you know, we had a good performance, uh, but we walked away with a draw. But really, the past three matches uh, have not been good at, uh, at all. I mean, you could say that the uh, Los Dos was probably another good one, but I mean, we had to come from behind in that one to a 10 man uh, Los Dos squad. And then we went down a man against San Antonio and we're already just getting neuralized like in men in black to forget that one. So, well, let's just say, I mean, you're bringing up low dose. I mean, it's low dose. I mean, that, that's all you have to say there. Yeah. Um, Chris uh, question from Harry out there in San Antonio. He said, how was last week? Oh. <laughs> well, uh, you know, Harry took me to Sonic afterwards to get me a root beer float. So if that, that answers it, uh, you know, it was quite the, uh, the killing. <laughs> uh, and so do you agree with Seth on uh, this run of form? Is it really as bad as he makes it sound like it's been? Yeah, it definitely is, man. Um, what we're dealing with is just a lot of lack of communication. I mean, they're creating chances. They're not finishing the chances. And, you know, some of, I think, player ego or attitude might be seeping in as far as yellow cards. Is You know, we have a player that has the most yellow cards in the in the league with Kevon Freider. So um, uh, Seth says he blames the sod and, you know, he can't be any far from the truth. Uh, we got a lot of divots on our, on our pitch right now. It uh, definitely gave us some fits. It was almost like being down two men. Well, that's what happens when you're on a baseball field, right? I mean, this season, it actually has held up pretty well. Uh, up until the Los Dos match, that's where we really started to see issues with it. Now, the isotopes have played here since then, so they would have relayed the sod. Um, so hopefully this weekend it, it performs a little bit better. Uh, we actually heard a rumor that they tried a different kind of sod when uh, Los Dos came to town. And so that could have been part of it, but we don't have any confirmation on that. But uh, it's just tough no matter who's playing on it when, when Sod's coming up the, the way that it was. Um, I don't know, Dylan or Alan, do you guys have a question for, uh, for Chris or Seth? How does Kavon Fader have 10 yellow cards in the league as a striker? I don't, I don't understand 
how that's feasible. I mean, do you guys have him tracking back a lot and, and trying to, to harry the defense in possession? Or is it just kind of insanity and chaos up there and he just loses his head? Or is it just USL? Well, that's not... yeah, yeah, well, that's, that's part that of too. it. Uh, USL <laughs> refereeing, we all know, is, is horrendous at times. Uh, his role within the system is not necessarily a track back. Now, he does on occasion, but I think it's more so he doesn't necessarily make tactical fouls. Is He is going 110% you know, all the time. And so I think he, he makes some decisions uh, in the spur of the moment that just don't play out well for him. Um, and then he just – and we've talked about on our podcast, he's, he's got a temperament. And you know, when, he's, when he's got it channeled the right way, it works out really well for him. But when he starts to get frustrated in a match, you know, he does make those poor decisions, and that's where uh, he gets those ye- gets into trouble with those yellow cards. I mean, he did travel through three matches with four yellows, uh, and Troy just basically challenged him. Coach uh, Troy Lassane challenged him to just basically still be 100%, still be used fully, and still to just basically monitor, like, you know, his head. You know, and he did well with that, you know. So, like, to see him go through three opponents we played, if it was that was around Portland, San Antonio, uh, Real, uh, we had all three of them, and it was just, like, a lot of high action. They definitely were trying to get him to, to draw that fifth yellow. Um, but he made it through that. And the correct question, I think, for Dylan is how does he not have 15? But that's probably because he's <laughs> been a good behavior lately. He's getting those cards going off the other way. He actually hasn't had one rescinded yet. So, And uh, before uh, either – if Alan has a question, I'll definitely let you get a question, Alan. But I did want to ask this question because our super listener, Andy, is asking, uh, besides Freighter, who should Orange County be scared of or who should they look out for? Take it, Seth. Chris Weehan. I mean, the last month, month and a half, like he's really coming to his own in this offense. He's driving the ball forward. He's making good reads. Uh, he's made a, he's gotten a couple goals here recently as well. I think his form uh, of late has really been up there. Uh, you know, everyone knows about Kevon and Santi Moar. Uh, Santi's kind of cooled off a bit. You know, we keep hoping that he's going to, uh, get back to form, but I think really, like I said, Chris Weehan, he he's emerged. He's that third threat that we need um, more so than anyone else on the squad. I think he's the one to watch for. I'm definitely going to have to agree with that, but I'm going to throw in uh, Daniel Bruce as well as the uh, the sleeper. Who's the dude with the dreads? Uh, Devin Sandoval. Yeah, I think he's – I was watching a little bit of the previous game. I mean, you're down a man. But I think he brings some excitement on the front end as well. It's something I think Orange County fans need to look at as well. Um, I think he definitely pressures a lot. Uh, seems like really play up on the front and seems to be, at least the last game I watched, seemed to be kind of in the middle of a lot of the important play. Yeah, he, he, he really does. Um, you know, he's a local guy. He went to UNM, uh, opened our season with the first goal for the club. Uh, but he's he's kind of struggled of late. You know, he did have a better performance um, this past week against San Antonio, even with us being a man down uh, really for him. You know, he's not that he's not the number nine, like Kevon is. He's more of, a, of that in that 10 role. He, he tends to 
have some holdup play and making things happen in the middle of the box. Uh, I think he's actually like the tallest guy on our squad. So if we can get some crosses into him in the middle, uh, he just has to find that finish. Uh, he's struggled a little bit lately getting that last touch. But yeah, no, I absolutely agree. He's When he's in there and he's banging, he's throwing that body around, he can definitely be a factor. The only reason to watch him is because he shares the same last name as my grandpa. <laughs> this is the random Ray Facts <laughs> podcast now. <laughs> I guess so. I guess so. Um, what else? Dylan, you got anything else? No. No, I think that's it for this match. I mean, both teams basically need to win it, so it's going to be kind of crazy. Um, and I think for both teams, having their players keep their heads is going to be pretty big um, because I think both teams have players that can get really worked up. Um, and Harry Forrester. Hey, I want to ask you guys about the 14-year-old. Yeah, well, okay. I'm going to definitely let you guys ask some questions. Uh, I just want to make sure Dylan didn't have anything else before I got there. Um, or Alan, nope. do you have any last questions you want to ask before we open it up to our guests to ask us questions? I'm good. All right, he's good. All right, Chris, what do you what do you want to know about the 14-year-old? I, I want to know how that's been so far. Has he gotten some match play time and, and what that looks like? He has not played at all. Um, he's likely not play at all this season unless we really blow it and just drop um, right out of playoff contention. Um, he, he's looked good in the friendlies he's, he's played in, but definitely a project for the future, and I think it's more of tying him down so he stays local, um, doesn't get picked up by uh, MLS side or anything, or... or um, yeah, he said he didn't want to go to Europe, so it's probably mostly he doesn't get picked up by um, um, definitely a project for the future and, and just a development project for the time being. It uh, seems like both he and the, the staff agree that um, Orange County is not going to be the end of his career. It's going to be the beginning and um, probably see him sometime next year, depending on how our midfield turns out uh, based on who gets re-signed uh, at the end of this season. Uh, and, you know, I was going to say, and, and, and Andy sort of said the same th- uh, thing in the chat room, is Aaron Cervantes is probably an example of what to expect out of um, Francis Jacobs. Is uh, Aaron Cervantes was on our roster all last season and didn't see a moment on the pitch, uh, and he's now getting some good minutes this season. Uh, it's one of those young players you're bringing on to sort of, um, you know, give them some training with a professional team with the grownups and, and work their way on to getting some minutes out there uh, eventually in the future. Uh, but yeah, I, I agree with Till. I'm probably not going to see him this season unless just some, uh, you know, if, if every single one of our midfielders go down, I could potentially see Orange County going and pulling in trialists before they put uh, Jacobs out there on the pitch. Why would you, why would you even say that Ray? It's not going like to happen. Oh. <laughs> Dylan, Dylan you, you're, you're like angry. I think your your first couple days in at Northridge are just, is just getting to you. You're very easily annoyed oh, today. It's so hot here. It reminds me of the desert. <laughs> like Albuquerque. 
Or is Albuquerque Albuquerque's not the desert, is it? Isn't it more mountainous? No, but it is hot. Well, we're typically in a pile. We got the mountains all around us. So um, we actually had a hailstorm this afternoon, of all things, uh, for about a good 10, 15 minutes. We get some weird weather. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. Um, any other questions? Seth, do you have a question for Dylan, Alan, or myself? So I do have one for, for all three of you guys. It's not necessarily about this weekend's match, uh, since Dylan and I are working on a, a joint preview, so don't give away too much. Um, looking at the current standings, uh, we've got you know both of us, both of our clubs are sitting ninth and 10th. Who do we think is going to potentially fall out of, the, out of the playoff standings here in the next uh, few weeks? Who do we think might uh, sneak in uh, the last eight, nine weeks of the season? Alan, would you like to jump on that one first? Um, oof, that's kind of a loaded question. Um, I definitely see <laughs> Los Dos not surviving this gauntlet. They have a bunch of tough games, so I think they're kind of – I think they're going to fall off. Uh, if Portland doesn't figure their lives out, I think uh, T2 might also drop out, uh, which opens up a few spots for teams like Orange County and uh, like El Paso to maybe sneak in. Um, I was always really high on um, New Mexico. I thought they put together a really good squad of veterans. And hopefully uh, for you guys, that's something that can pull them through after this week, after they take a loss to really regroup and come back uh, next week a little bit stronger. Um, I'm not sure what New Mexico's end of the season schedule looks like. Um, Orange County's got a tough row because we got a lot of away games and we do not play well on the road. Um, so I think if Orange County wins the last three home games that they have, I think they can sneak into that 10th place. Uh, and I think New Mexico, if they go on a run of form and finish the season as well as they started, I think it could be good news for both teams. Um, but uh, I think, yeah, Los Dos fall off. I think T2 has an opportunity to fall out. Um, El Paso's kind of hit and miss. If they go on a run, we're in trouble. Um, I would like to see both teams make the playoffs. I think Orange County can. Um, I think New Mexico still can. But if I'm going to pick between the two, I'm going to have to be a little bit of a homer and, and choose Orange County. <laughs> you mentioned our schedule. You know, after this weekend's match, five of our remaining eight matches are against clubs uh, currently in the bottom half of the table. So, lucky you. Yeah, and most of those are at home as well. So it, it kind of plays in our favor a little bit. Um, Can't wait for Phoenix. <laughs> well, the, here let's let's ask this question though. Uh, between Orange County and New Mexico, who has a better chance of knocking off Phoenix if if it comes down to having to face Phoenix in the playoffs. Man. Does, full, does anyone full, want to say, yes, my team? <laughs> a full price beer night at uh, New Mexico. <laughs> oh, I yeah. Cause I think you guys split the season series with them, right? We did. We did. We beat them yes. at home. We were the last loss that they have. Oh, so nice. We, so we got that going for us. That'd be cool. Right. If, if we do meet them in the playoffs and we knock them out. So we basically bookmark their, their big yeah. old winning streak or, or at least, uh, uh, undefeated okay. streak. Yeah, that'd be really cool. I, I think either one of the either one of our clubs could p potentially do it. And we've played them twice now between the cup and league play. You know, five goals each. We beat them on PKs. So, you know, I, I kind of like our chances to to knock them off. I think it could be anyone at this point. Um, Tacoma really threw the game away against them earlier, but they were up two one with. 
20 minutes ago, I think. And, mm -hmm. and granted, they ended up losing 4-2, but um, yeah, it, it's, it's coming. Every streak's got to come to an end, and I, I think at some point, um, yeah, they, they'll get the combination of switching off and bad refereeing against a team that's not Tacoma, and it's that'll spell the end for them. Oh, you know, that could have been us. How, I, I believe every episode we get a sign from Dylan. Yeah, that's, so there's that. it's like my permanent state. See, the, 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 the crazy thing with, with soccer and playoff soccer, because it's a one and done thing. I mean, really, honestly, every match, every, you know, both team has a, both team has a shot to knock out the other team. Even if one is on a ridiculous season, like Phoenix is come playoff time. If they have one slip up and whoever their opponent is just has an amazing game, it's not going to matter how awesome their season was because in the end they don't win the uh, the USL Championship Cup and it's a what if season. So, I mean that's the cool thing. I, I know there's a lot of soccer peers who hate this whole playoff thing at the end of a season. You know, you got a lot of leagues that just you know at the end of the season whoever had the best record they're the winner, um, but what sort of makes it exciting when you get to the playoffs? It's, it's anyone's game at that point. Any other questions uh, from Seth or Chris regarding Orange County or this match or anything else? I don't have anything right now. Like I said, you know, Dylan and I got our preview coming out, so don't want to get too far into it. So, <laughs> Yeah, I, I want to read some of this stuff. I mean, I'm the one posting it, so I'll just uh, I'll wait till then. We'll leave it to that. We'll we'll leave all the rest of the secrets for that awesome collaboration between our two sites that cover local soccer. Uh, so we'll leave it there. So let's just do this then. Uh, uh, unless this will ruin the preview, we typically like to do a a um, what is it? I can't even think of the word right now. This I'm just so prediction. A prediction. Yes, I gotta a give prediction. you that. <laughs> oh man, it's just one of those nights. Um, is it going to ruin the preview if we do a prediction? Let me just make sure. I don't want to step no. on toes here. No, I don't think I'll ruin the preview. All right, so let's do our, our match prediction. So what we like to do is pick uh, the final score, who's going to win, of course, and then the, the key player for your prediction. So let's go ahead and start off with Alan because I haven't heard his voice for a while. Uh, Alan, what is your prediction for this match and who's going to be the key player? I am going to go with a 3-1 victory for Orange County. Uh, New Mexico is more likely to give up three goals than get a clean sheet. Uh, they give up tons of goals. They're kind of sitting, like, I think they're closer to the most goals allowed in the West than the least goals allowed in the West. Uh, so there's a chance for us to put a couple on the board. Um, it's just going to be a basically, can our defense shut their front line down and can their defense hold up to kind of the front three attack? Who's been playing really well lately. Um, I think Aiden Quinn's been on a tear. Um, and I'd like to see him continue that there and get another one, uh, maybe like a nice free kick again, like we did last week. Perfect. Thank you, uh, Alan. And let's go to one of our guests for this episode. We'll go to Chris first. Chris, prediction and key player. Uh, so I'm going to stay pretty consistent to the one that I gave last night on the podcast. So 3-1 uh, New Mexico. And... Uh, I'm going to actually say that I think Daniel Bruce um, is our, our man of the match. And, uh, you know, I, I think that he's got another one of those 30-yard uh, bangers and him. 
All right, let's go to you, Dylan. Your prediction and uh, key player. Uh, 2-2. Um, or New Mexico doesn't seem like they can score more than two goals at this point in the season. And um, I think they still pose a very tough challenge. Uh, I think it'll be Frederick Dew's debut for the side. And um, that will pose some challenges as well for us in the back. Um, I don't think you can knock that atmosphere that the fans bring. So 2-2, um, Michael Seaton and Darwin Jones being the the men for Orange County, as as they generally are. Perfect. And let's go to Seth prediction and key player all right so one of the things that, that does worry me is uh, the ability to score off set pieces it's not something that we defend well it's not necessarily something that we do well on the offensive side um, i think there's a very real possibility that orange county picks up at least one off of a set piece um, as far as a final prediction um i i, I yes. think Dylan and I are, are, are right along the same lines. I, I, I really think it, as much as both sides needs to win, I think it's going to be 2-2. Um, I think uh, man of the match is going to be uh, Chris Weehan. Perfect. Uh, it's my turn. Uh, Dylan, Allen. do I have to – I mean, I'm riding a streak here. Two victories in two weeks. No. Do, do I have to do it? No. I have no. to do it, right, Allen? How many times have you done it and it hasn't worked? I don't think ever because I did it for Phoenix. I did it for, did uh, it for Vegas. Ve- Ve- uh, I did do it for Vegas, but I did it for Phoenix and then the last two matches too. Uh, so three out of four isn't too bad. Right, Alan? I agree. Go for it. All right. So 5 nil New Mexico. Uh, Devin Sandoval will be the star of the match. <laughs> wow, what a parody. <laughs> Well, it's, it's just one of these things I've been – every time I pick 5-0 for the other team – well, not every time, but most of the time, we end up winning. So, knock on wood, hopefully that streak continues. It's two in a row. Let's go for three. <laughs> I, 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 I knew you guys would love that prediction. <laughs> um, let's do this then. Uh, time to just talk about soccer stuff. If there's any other soccer things you want to talk about, I'm sure Seth wants to brag one more time about that shirt that he's wearing. And throw it away at first. We've got three trophies in the past uh, eight months. Number four is coming up soon. What's that going to be? Wow. MLS Cup again. Nah. (laughs) I think think he's he's worse than you, Alan, about bragging about his team. He really isn't worse. This is good for him. (laughs) Oh. Alan unmuted himself. I don't know if he has something to say. I was just going to say, uh, if Atlanta plays the way they've been playing the past couple games, they have a chance. Uh, but their coach is also kind of a boring coach. Uh, so <laughs> they're going to have a tough time getting out of the East. Uh, but a Atlanta-LAFC final would be quite an exciting match, I think. That would be a fun one to check out. It would be. The last match was was a lot of fun between them. And, yeah, the board, he, you know, he, he's, uh, he's Danish. He's, yeah, I agree with that, uh, Dylan. He, he is a bit of a, a bit of a prick. But uh, he's, he's adjusted. You know, both the players and him had to make adjustments this year. And with the, with the form that they're running in now, with the formation they're using, I, they're, undefe- I think, undefeated in their last 10. So, yeah, they, they've, they've turned it around from the early season. So I got to ask Dylan, why do you think he's a prick? Uh, I mean, 
this dude rides off the coattails of something in his career. I'm not really sure. Um, I think when he got sacked from Crystal Palace after four games, that was the right decision. Um, and then his, like, we'll just say his comments about a certain group of people who maybe deserve to be paid for their um, exceptional um, success in comparison to another group of individuals who represent the same geographic area. Um, I love how you're just like tight rope, walking right, that but... tightrope, Dylan. You're walking that tightrope, trying not to say what you're what you really I just want to I don't imagine this guy who's never really been successful in his managing career turns and goes, Yeah, I don't think these people that are successful what they do should be should be paid um for their success. Like, how do you how where is your head if you're saying that? Um and why is it so far up above the orifice that you can't come up with a coherent thought that might not just make you sound like you're seventy five? Now some dude's piping and we're talking too much about Atlanta. Apparently teams with stripes that are tied to Newcastle because he wants to talk about the tunes. <laughs> no one wants to talk about that, but that was that was pretty sweet. Wait, um, wait, I gotta cut you off really quick, Dylan. Dylan, how do you come there? That that person is actually someone that I know, and he's trying to just sort of get under my skin. Tottenham, Newcastle, Tune Army, Boo. But end? it is what it, uh, yeah, it is what it is. Hey, hey, no, I, I don't know how it ended up. Harry Kane should have gotten a penalty off that VR VAR sucks, uh, especially <laughs> in the Premier League. Um, I, I apparently the rule is they will only overturn it if there's like concrete evidence that it was a wrong call. And even though apparently Harry, Harry Kane said that ref Mike Dean told him I didn't see it, so that's why I didn't make the call. Um, but apparently you can't overturn it because of that. So. Yeah. Well, you know, we all saw that ball that he scored off of his hair or something. I'm just, so, I can't not all, make fun of you. Although, no, no, I'll be totally, I'll be totally honest. Uh, Tottenham didn't deserve a point in that match. So it was the correct result in the end, but still a penalty should have been given. We should have had a chance to steal a point against a team that we should have gotten three points with, but this isn't a Tottenham podcast. This is an Orange County soccer club with a, a little bit of New Mexico sprinkled in there, chili it's, with it's the all E. It, it's all downhill <laughs> That's now. Right, it's... E, right. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, Mark, thank you for watching, listening, and yes, your Tune Army and Newcastle Magpies, whatever you want to call yourselves, you guys stole <laughs> three points in London. Good for you. Um, we still have a better chance of finishing into the top four in the Premier League with Tottenham than Newcastle does of staying in the Premier League. So I'll say that. Ooh. Speaking of not being in the Prem, um, rest in peace, Barry Football Club, who um, mm -hmm. we'll just say died today after 125, 24 years, something like that around yeah. there. So that's great. Um, and so while we all clamor for pro-rel in this country, we should maybe make sure that the leagues are well-run, which, as we know, aren't, and that the owners that are involved in the teams are involved in the teams uh, responsibly and can actually financially sustain clubs before we watch every team turn into essentially an NPSL side and go <laughs> defunct after two, three years. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Can we, can we go to some good news? Yes? You guys all um, yeah. okay with that, or do we want to stay in? I have good news, but I don't think I want to share it on this podcast. 
hey, let's say this. Yay for the USL and ESPN coming to an agreement. Uh, USL will remain on ESPN uh, for the next few seasons, which is awesome because I don't think anyone wanted any of the alternative options unless it was some sort of free over the, you know, over the air or part of your cable package type thing where you don't have to pay an additional five bucks a month. But I mean, I don't think anyone can argue that ESPN plus is not worth five bucks. Oh, and by the way, when Disney plus comes out, you can actually bundle Disney Hulu and ESPN in one. So you can get your star Wars, your Mickey mouse and your soccer all in one, you know, bundled price, which is pretty cool as well. So kudos to the USL for making that happen and, and keeping the product on ESPN. Uh, probably the best option to grow your league <laughs> and let people see what's going on. <laughs> I'm sorry, Dylan's remark. Just <laughs> yeah, Dylan, Dylan, like, I don't read into the chats because I'm busy trying to Go manage. Chat champion, baby. Yes. Go chat champion. <laughs> Yes. So again, props to that. I mean, if you hate the fact that they're going to be on ESPN, then by all means, buy yourself a VPN and make it the country that's not the United (laughs) States and watch it on YouTube. YouTube. Yes. Yes. I know that Google's any better. Oh, now, now USL is not going to want me to show their highlights on our podcast anymore, Dylan. Thank you. I may just have to edit that out. Okay. Um, Anything else soccer-related, gentlemen, before we get to our fun and exciting random thoughts? I kind of want to say a a RIP to the National Independent Soccer Association based on their new uh, contract with uh, Mike Hujo. (laughs) That's that's the most weird name for a streaming provider ever, I I think. But, yeah. (laughs) I think they just shot themselves in the foot before they even started. Mykujo or ESPN Plus? Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think they would have been better going off with YouTube, like the USL used to do back in the days, you know. Um, but yeah, I, yeah, I think that's weird. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess it's something though. It gives their fans a chance to watch the matches. I, you know, just we'll see. Yet to be determined. Alan, do you have any random soccer stuff to talk about? Or are we going to go to our random thoughts? I mean, we already talked about the EPL, and you know how I stand on that one. And, um, yeah, congratulations to Atlanta and their fan base on another, uh, some more silverware. Uh, I think Atlanta has more trophies than Tottenham now, um, for sure. Uh, and um, hopefully everyone's having a good start of the season to whatever league or leagues they're watching not in the United States. So hopefully everyone's gotten a good start. Mm-hmm. What is everyone's team? Uh, mine's at the top of the league. Perfect. Yeah. Six out of three, uh, nine out of nine. Liverpool. <laughs> Struggle with math there. It's a good thing you don't have a great job, Alan. He can only count to four because he's a band teacher. Well, I mean, I didn't count. I didn't count the Norwich games. That was just like way too easy. Oh. Dylan, I, I, Dylan is Luton Town. I am not Luton Town. Um, I am a Luton Town supporter. I'm not the club. Though I wish I was because I'm on the up and up. And I'm stably run, debt-free, survived being um, treated poorly by the EFL. Yeah. All right. Yeah. What about – I think, Seth, you're Everton, right? Yes, Everton supporter. Yeah, I do my research before my guests come on. Uh, (laughs) You have it on Twitter. It's right on Twitter. The Clippers. Yeah. We learned that already. Oh, man, you. Oh. 
How did yeah. how did Chris and Seth get along? We get along better than uh, Alicia, who just who's decided to pick up Liverpool as her maybe club. Oh man, so, man, 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 man! You and Everton—they can get together and talk about how much they hate Liverpool. That's how they get along. They yeah. commiserate <laughs> over over Liverpool. <laughs> if you guys didn't figure it, I'm Tottenham. So yeah, there's a lot of English soccer going on here mm-hmm. on this podcast as well. Man, we're just everything. Sorry to our listeners. We we know it's hot now. Sorry, sorry, Andy. I know you don't like us talking about anything other than Orange County soccer. So, um, but if you're still listening, thank you for <laughs> hanging in there. Um, random thought time. So, gentlemen, if you don't know, we like to end each episode with just a random thought. It definitely doesn't have to be soccer related. It could be anything. Dylan usually bores us with a book recommendation. Um, and I usually talk about Tottenham, but we already did that. So, uh, but we'll start off with Alan. Alan, what is your random thought for the evening? My random thought is relying on technology in a classroom is both exciting and also terrible. Uh, it's been a weird start of the year for me. They tried to install a smart board, but it has not gone well. It's like two weeks into the year and we're still not up and running. Uh, but my beginning band classes got their instruments today. We're going to make some noise. So we're going to transition away from technology and into uh, annoying everyone as possible on campus. Uh, if your kids have back to school nights coming up, uh, make sure you go engage with your teacher. Uh, they're there to help you out in your journey. Uh, so do that if you have kids. If you don't have kids like me, congratulations. Uh, you don't have to go to back to school night. All right. Uh Chris or Seth, who wants to volunteer to go first? Go ahead, Seth. <laughs> college football is back. I mean, it's that time of the year, college football. I'm done with the NFL, don't really care. Uh, season kicks off for me Thursday night, Georgia Tech, Clemson. Uh, you know, new coach, new season. I think we've got a. I think we've got a good chance to have a good year this year. All right. Let's go to Chris. Chris, what is your random thought to end this episode? Uh, okay. Sorry, I might have to. I got a segue to a thought. So never let another man touch your white claw. That's my first thought. And then the other thought is that new Star Wars trailer. Just that? That's all. That's the new Star Wars trailer. That's. I thought you had like more going on in the. In I mean, the if you if you want, no, no, I mean, look, like Ray had a bow staff lightsaber. That's all I got to say. That was sick. Cool. I have a bow staff lightsaber. Um, Dylan, uh, what is your random thought? What book are we reading this week? <laughs> like you'd ever read a book, Ray? Come on. <laughs> you're you're correct. Remember, you're I've, correct. I've recommended like 52 books by this point, and um, at no point have you ever even asked me about one outside of the podcast, except for Green Eggs and Ham, which I didn't recommend. I, I was gonna say, yeah, I was, I, so I have read one of your recommendations. That wasn't one of my recommendations. Anyway, um, yeah, um. This week's literature recommendation is Things Fall Apart by Chinua Achebe. Um, just, it's a wonderful work. Um, it might make you kind of hate yourself if you've got some um, Anglo heritage, um, or it may, at least it'll make you feel like 
colonialism wasn't maybe a good idea if that is still a thought you have. But, you know, there's always something to be gleaned from a book about yourself. And uh, uh, this one is maybe not the most positive, but I think it's a great learning experience and helps people think about um, why things are the way they are now. Just go read it. It's not that long of a book, and it's it's so good. Is there a Cliff Notes version of it? it... <laughs> oh, my God. I'm so heated, right? Uh, <laughs> I swear to God, every time you say that, my blood pressure spikes. Oh, coming from the guy that likes to VPN sports. Um, let's do this. <laughs> I like to VPN everything for the just so we're clear. Random thought for me. Um, life, I, I, Seth, you mentioned you have a pretty busy life with family, kids, all this fun stuff. I'm in your same shoes. Uh, so this is my typical week going on. Uh, I work a 40-hour job at UC Irvine. I um, do this podcast. I coach my son's soccer team, which consists of about an hour and a half each Tuesday and Thursday. Uh, I am taking a class at Long Beach College, Community College, which from my work at UCI, when I leave at five to Long Beach Community College is about an hour and 20-minute drive. Then it's a three-hour class, and then I have to drive back to South Orange County. Uh, and then whatever I do watching Orange County Soccer Club or watching sports on the weekends. So as you can tell, I probably over the next few months, uh, I may slowly get more bags under my eyes as I'm talking to you guys on this podcast. Uh, I may lose my voice a little bit. I may be half asleep sometimes. So bear with me over the next uh, few months. Hopefully it'll all work out well, but just, yeah, that's, that's my life. It's, it's like tomorrow I'm waking up at like five 30, uh, dropping my kids off at school, going to work, going to go to my class. I'll be home probably like by, I want to say 1030 at night. So that'll be my Wednesdays. That's awesome. Yay. Um, perfect. So that is the end of this episode. I'm going to give our guests a chance to share any information about how to follow them, find their information, find their websites, all that. So I'll start off with Seth. Let our listeners know where they can find you, follow you, all that fun stuff. So, yeah, I don't do uh, a whole lot of social media, but I, uh, I am on Twitter. I am at Seth Bidoff. Uh, same thing on Instagram. And then I primarily do uh, Reddit. You can find me on the New Mexico United subreddit. I am one of the moderators over there. Uh, so come by, you know, uh, say hi. If you're coming to town especially, we'll give you some food recommendations. But that's where you can find me. Perfect. Chris, what about you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter under uh, by Chris Walker and on Instagram as well as by Chris Walker. Perfect. And then where can our listeners find your information uh, or what's the, what do they need to look for if they want to follow your podcast or, or read anything from you guys on your website? They can go to uh, seekandstrikecollective.com and they'll be able to read articles there. We also do a little bit of our articles in Spanish as well. And, uh, they can go and they can find us on Instagram under Seek and Strike NM and Twitter at Seek and Strike NM as well. And then our podcast, we are on iTunes, Spotify, Castbox, and Google Podcasts. It is a We Are Seek and Strike podcast. Perfect. And then uh, Dylan, for anyone that is listening to us for the very first time, if they want to follow your awesome uh, information on social media, where can they find you? Awesome. Um, you guys can find me me on twitter at ocsc underscore dylan or you can find me on reddit where i'm active on the slash r slash orange county sc subreddit where i am not a moderator which i now want to be uh, um, 
<laughs> slash u slash ocse underscore dylan perfect alan what about you a underwood 48 on the twitter machine Perfect. And you can find me at DJ Ray Samora on Twitter. You can find the Orange and Black Soccer Cast on Twitter at OCSC underscore Soccer Cast. On Instagram, same exact thing at OCSC underscore Soccer Cast. Facebook, just go ahead and search for us, Orange and Black Soccer Cast. You can go to our website, OCSCpodcast.com, or if you like to type a little bit longer, Orange and Black Soccer Cast.com. Uh, I want to thank again our guests, Chris, Seth, for taking their time to help us preview the New Mexico United versus OCSC match this coming weekend. Uh, and as always, Dylan and Alan, thanks for helping me out each and every episode when you get a chance to come here and help us out um for everyone this is the orange and black soccer cast and we are out Thanks to our sponsor, Roughneck Scarves, the official scarf supplier to MLS, USL, and U.S. Soccer. Get custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com.